Hello, everyone. This is Molly from the Casually Molly Podcast, and I just wanted to introduce you to my friends at the Natty Cat. This one is for you cool cats and kittens who can't get enough of wordplay and fur babies. The Natty Cat's natural soy candles feature inventive scent combinations and glass jars with clever kitties on the labels. Hair purred with locally sourced natural soy wax, the Natty Cat's candles woodwicks create a cozy fireside crackling sound, perfect for curling up on the couch. Remember, for all of your candle and scented oil needs, please visit our friends at the Natty Cat either on Facebook or Instagram. Have you ever wanted to get your shit together? Scrap it, look through the lens and capture it. But first world problems are getting you down. Disabled, salty, need an app to fix that frown. <laughs> well, you can do all those things and so much more. Just grab a seat in the chair or the floor. Sit back, relax, recline. Well, she drops another casual line. You're tuned into Casually Molly with Molly and Bergie. All right, welcome back to the Casually Molly podcast. Again, I am your host, Molly Ambergy. We always have a new episode every week. And of course, I always bring on good friends, mostly comedians, especially this great guy over here. Give it up for Shondon, everybody. (laughs) I always love saying that because we don't really have, like, obviously a studio audience. So it's just, uh, you'll see we have more of a casual layout. We've got this nice little table here. And Shondon and I are just drinking some George Remus. Shout out to Cincinnati. Cheers. Cheers. (laughs) Cheers. Y'all right. Oh, I didn't even drink my drink because I'm so excited that Shondon is here. (laughs) Yeah, it's real smooth, too. It's really good. I like it. I know. Do you have like a favorite bourbon or whiskey that you like? So I am a whiskey guy um, and I stay right in my pocket. It's either Crown Royal or Jameson. I I stay right in my sweet spot. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Do you ever mix it with anything that you like? Like, so sometimes I'll put Jameson. I put kind of like a, not that I'm a huge, and I say pop, St. Louis. So, Uh 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 (laughs) uh-oh, uh-oh. I told you I'm from Cincinnati. So we I grew up St. Pop. And then when I moved to St. Louis, everybody's like soda. And so it was a was a definitely a, a, a different experience. That'll get sure. you a that'll get you a quick where are you from? That, that's a quick <laughs> one. That's a pop. Oh, I know. I'm yeah. like, but I I look like somebody that would say pop. Let's just be honest. <laughs> where are you from? Okay. Um, <laughs> um no, I, I so I used to um uh, used to drink, uh, mix it with cranberry juice, actually. Whiskey goes, particularly Crown, okay. goes really good with cranberry juice, surprisingly. Uh, but, but I stopped drinking soda and I'm trying to wean myself off of juices. Yes. So now I just drink it straight. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a struggle, though. The oh, juice. it is. Well, because I drink juice, things straight, one. too. I'll get Tito's on the rock straight, and then I'll yeah. get, like, Makers. And Makers is, like, something. But it, it's hard because you're trying to, like, especially with, like, the calories and stuff that come with it. And yeah. I know some people are going to be like, we're in a pandemic. Like, why are you worried about that? Yeah. But, you know, like, I <laughs> I understand. So anytime I, like, go, the, the rare times that I do go out, I will um, 
Like I went to backdoor comedy events last night and I saw their show and I just got some Jim Bean on the rocks and she was like, you don't want to mix it with anything? I was like, no, I'm good. And I didn't need any water. I wasn't drunk, anything like that. I had two and I was just... You just get to the point where your tolerance level is just that good, guys. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it's sort of now sweet drinks taste weird to me a little bit. Yeah, right. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I usually drink it straight. It's, I try to be healthy when I fuck up my liver, so. I mean, yeah. <laughs> right, though. <laughs> speaking of uh, <laughs> speaking of just, you know, protecting your liver, yeah. um, a lot of times what we do as com comedians, we go to open mics, we go to shows, we have a drink, right? Which is fantastic. Go us. Um, yeah. But all speaking of comedy, though, transition, you and I met through comedy. And mm -hmm. I remember, I think the first, I'd always like seen you perform, but I think the first night you and I officially met was that we were at the funny bone competition together we mm -hmm. were in the like uh the first round and you and us also mutual friend ricky royal you guys were sitting over there and i went up to ricky i was like hey what's going on he's like this is sean don i was like oh it's nice to officially meet. you know the same thing you do when you meet somebody yeah, right yeah very boring stuff but you know we gotta give the background to it but yeah. um you were so nice and i remember you just sent me like a nice facebook message you were like hey like good job tonight or something. And I was like, oh, thanks. And like you obviously murdered because you became a finalist. So murdered, our favorite term in comedy, I murdered. murdered. Yeah. <laughs> you, you murdered, you kill, or you died on stage. Right. You don't want to die. Um, no, you had a good set. You had a really good set. Oh, uh, thank you. I remember you brought it. Um, yeah, I mean, I give props where it's due. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think, I, you know, it's competition out here. It is what it is. Sure. We all want to be uh the best and there can only be one best mm -hmm. um but i'm not i'm never going i don't feel like i have to put someone else down to elevate Agreed. myself so even in the finals um libby libby killed libby Higgins, it libby previous podcast on this on it. this says yeah you know what i mean mm -hmm. libby murdered it and i had to give libby her props like libby you murdered it yes ricky Roy, he murdered it he did <laughs> uh, so like anytime if i see somebody and they do good i don't care if i'm going head to head you could you could place third and bump me out of yeah. advancing i'm still gonna say if you murdered you murdered like yes. give people their props you i know? agree so yeah uh, yeah you, you did good you uh -huh. deserve to be told you did good well, thank you. So, and I, I think that's why you and I get along too. Obviously our love for like bourbon and whiskey and all the, yeah. the fun stuff and just weaning on it straight. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. on a personal level, I feel the same way you do too. Like I, yes, like I think just with my personality and like, you know how I am. I am very complimentary of people, but it's just like, if I like something about somebody, it's just like where you give props where they're due. Like if I like that something that somebody did or a set that they did, I'm like, that was awesome. Or like, keep that joke. Please don't ever get rid of it. Yeah. Especially in your community, when you see people do those sets over and over again. And I think that's something that's really special because we're obviously based here in St. Louis. So it's really special about our community is that everybody's very supportive of one another. If you mm -hmm. see something that somebody does that's good, you're like, keep that, yeah. do that. Like there, I've definitely been, and I won't say states or places, but when you do travel, um, not that this has happened a lot, but, and I'll ask you about your opinion on this too. There have been some open mics that you just go to, right? When you're going places. And it's kind of hard to see that like, 
there's comedians on stage and the other comedians aren't watching. Like they're just outside talking and they're more concerned about themselves. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, how do you, how do you learn from that? I think is my question, but who knows, maybe I'm being a little harsh. How do you feel about that? Um, I see that a lot everywhere, uh, but mm -hmm. I'm a fan of it mm -hmm. um, first and foremost. So I like to watch. Yeah, um, same. Even if I'm watching the same set because there may be a small inflection that's different that yeah. took a joke from here to there you know what i mean mm -hmm. and then he did it and now the joke like exploded where, isn't it crazy when a vocal inflection yeah. just changes one sentence and you're like that sentence did not sound that way yesterday and yeah. that's why it and is that'll be way. what takes the joke over the top and now it's a showstopper you know what i mean mm -hmm. so i'm a fan of it i like watching it um Shot and fraud, it's probably not a good thing. I like to watch people bomb sometimes. I mean, <laughs> fuck it, it's entertaining, you know? <laughs> to watch people go on stage and die, like, well, you know? Uh, it's like, uh, here's the thing. So Kate Barton, and she'll, she won't mind me doing this shout out. And you know, she's one of my best friends. She's also a local comedian here. And uh, she says like, sometimes watching people bomb is like watching a car crash, right? Because yeah. like, you can't look away. You're like, you wanna know what happened. What are the details? What is this? And I, I mean, like, I think that's pure honesty. Like, yes, maybe it's not, you know, the nicest, like, but at the same time, like, it's, it's gonna happen when you're a comedian, you're gonna watch people bomb and yeah. you're gonna bomb. So either just embrace it or, you know. <laughs> no, listen, you better watch people bomb. You better watch, like, okay, if I'm watching a sports analogy, if I'm watching boxers and I only watch the knockout punches, and I'm only watching highlights, yeah. I will never learn the steps that got them to be a great puncher. Yep. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So if I don't know like the defense and my footwork is messed up while I'm trying to set up that punch, I'm gonna get my ass knocked out. Right. Right? Yeah. So I'm looking for the big ha-ha, but I, I didn't learn that you're not supposed to do seven minutes of setup, Yeah. right, for, mm -hmm. for a joke. I mean, you got to watch people bomb. You have to. Yeah. Like, you have to. You have to watch. And you got to bomb yourself. Like, yeah. you have to do That's shitty. True. <laughs> like, oh, this didn't go well. Like, maybe this isn't a joke for open mics. And maybe this isn't a joke for a show that only gives me seven minutes. Mm -hmm. This is a joke for a 20-minute show. Yeah. Right? Um, yes. So. I just agree with every. I'm, I know I'm being super enthusiastic right now, but y you were literally hitting the nail on the head of like every point I've always thought in my head. So yeah. You got, I mean, but that's <laughs> why you got to watch this shit. And some people are so good, they don't have to watch. And some people are so good in their own heads, they think they don't have to watch, even though they probably should. Yeah. That's not a personal shot at anybody. Yeah. That's I not agree. not a personal shot at anybody, but mm -hmm. yeah. you should watch. You should I, watch. I you should watch. So. That's like one tid, you know, tidbit of advice when things start opening back up and whatnot, you know, mm -hmm. go ahead and watch. Why not? Yeah. Uh, but speaking of watching, you know, you got into comedy. Was there like a certain point where you watched somebody and you were like, yes, I want to do that? Or how did, how did we, I know it's kind of like a generic question that we ask every podcast episode, but just to kind of give us a backstory, how did you kind of snowball into doing eight years of standup? Um... Um, so I ended up, uh, I stumbled into an open mic. Um, I saw somebody, um, that was very confident about what they were doing. Yeah. And they weren't that funny. And it was one of those, if you could do it, I could do it. Yeah. Cause I'd always wanted to do it. I'd always like 
like beyond watched it paid attention to little things like inflection or little things like setup and little like I've always paid attention to it mm -hmm. even more than just watching watching comedy and just seeing somebody that wasn't that good at it be that confident I was like if you could do it I could do it the worst right. thing that could happen I'll do it nobody knows me there you know what I mean it's true um, so luckily the first night I did it I did okay where was your first open mic Funny ball. Oh, that's a good open mic to do your yeah. first. Did they do like the first time announcement for you as well and whatnot? I or? think so, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um, and my first, uh, it was okay. Um, looking back on it, I was trash. But I got laughs on the things that I thought I should have gotten laughs on, mm -hmm. which gave me the confidence to go back. Sure. So second time I, uh, I actually bombed. But then in my mind, it's like, no, nah, that's their fault because that shit worked last week. Right. So I still felt confident enough to go back. Sure. Um, so then the third time when it went, it went okay. So then I was like, okay, it's funny, but maybe I do need to do some rewrites, do some rewrites and mm -hmm. tweaking. Yeah. And that's when that's, I got bit. Yeah. Uh, then all of a sudden you just get I mean that's what like I always say like comedy is like an addiction almost like oh yeah, yeah you just get and then like oh, that's yeah. the thing you can't stop doing shows like, <laughs> oh, like yeah. and then suddenly you have a podcast <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like that uh especially like at first because you're well I still get nervous every time before I go on stage I, every time um that's okay I feel like that kind of shows that you care about what you do though like I feel those are good nerves am I am I wrong uh, anytime I've been confident, like, yes, I'm about to kill it. Anytime I've ever been that confident, I did not do well. In my own I head. I feel that. I've never, <laughs> anytime I've been confident, I, my performance never, I may not have bombed. Yeah. Like, I may not have bombed, but my performance never matched the level of my confidence. Mm -hmm. Ever. Yeah. Um, so, I get nervous every time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. I, I still get nervous. Um. But you're nervous as hell going up, and then when you get off, all you want to do is go back up again. Yes. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Well, like, so not so I'm a big fan of Jennifer Lopez, J-Lo. <laughs> so, I, like so, I like some parts of her. Yeah. It, there you go. See, some parts. You know, we got to... Why I bring her up is that she has this great quote where it's like, it's crazy performing... And for those of you who don't perform perfectly fine, but for those of you who do will understand what I'm talking about or what we're talking about is, you know, JLo was like, you go up and you're so nervous before you perform. Uh -huh. And then there's something that happens within like the three minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, you're up there, whatever time frame, And you're just like, I love my life. Uh -huh. Like, it's a crazy ass feeling. Like, especially when you have, and like sometimes at open mics, it's an open mic. You're there to you know, test things out and see how things feel. You may not kill every time. And that's what I've had to learn. That's perfectly fine. Yeah. But when you go to a show and you impress people that have like just gotten off of work, they're ready to have a few drinks in them. And like, you're, you're on the same, you're all on the same wavelength. That's exactly, you're like, I love this. I, I yeah. can't stop doing this. But then what's crazy about comedy <laughs> is that you'll have a killer show like that, right? And you're like, Ugh, my confidence, it's just so good. But then you'll go to another show and everybody's silent. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the craziest. I don't even, I guess like with live, I do theater too. And that's kind of the same thing. Some audiences are right there. And then you'll have a Sunday matinee and you're like, maybe this person fell asleep. Like, yeah. <laughs> like what's wrong? Is it you? Is it me? So, uh, you ready for it? Yeah. It's like sex. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's like sex. So that's a good reference. <laughs> it's like sex. Like um, some chicks like this move, some chicks don't. And when it's good, it's really, really good. Really, really good. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good car ride home. You know what I'm saying? Yes. But oh if, my it's, God. if it's bad, I mean, that's. You know what I'm saying? That is a great comparison, yeah. actually. And every crowd is different, just like every woman is different. So I think I'm actually going to apply that, too. Because I've been having... Okay, so I'll ask you this, too. So, pandemic, right? We're in a pandemic. and Right. And I, yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> how have... So, like, clearly, I'm a very outgoing person. So, when this all happened, and, the, and you know me, I'm pretty positive. I was, like, in the beginning, and I say this every episode, but I was like, yeah, um, we're going to make it. Like, I'm going to do live interviews on Facebook and like I'm, I'm not gonna let anything get me down like I'm gonna play cornhole inside my house if I have to like and then eventually it just hit me and I was like oh my god I'm not gonna be like seeing some people for a while and so I don't know have you been handling it I know you just said you hated it so I don't know yeah, yeah. But I mean nobody knows. <laughs> it, was, it was a stupid comment who loves it who's like yes fucking COVID it's my shit but uh <laughs> Nah, I think if I'm being honest, I think I hit a depression with it. Yes. I, I think I think I legit, uh, if I'm burned to burn my soul to complete strangers, I think I, if it would have been sustained for any period of time, I probably would have been diagnosed with depression. I agree. Uh, simply because I didn't realize how much I loved or used comedy as an escape or as an outlet. Right. Um, so that was taken away. Um, you're basically, I was basically in the house, same routine, because I'm essential. Yeah, so, same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We to, lived the same life, Shonda. Yeah, you just didn't know it, yeah. but we did. <laughs> um, do I need to stop looking at you and look at them? Cause I, I just I just look at the both. So sometimes okay. I'll be like, hello, audience. Because I'm looking at you the whole time, and I don't want to ignore the people who... Probably ain't. Well, I don't think. Chris, are you offended? We I didn't forget about you this time, Will O'Donnells. <laughs> I'll be honest. I wish you had. <laughs> I don't want you guys to be, be offended that I'm not speaking to you. Oh, I, my gosh. I think no. you're doing a talk show, and I think it's fun if you look back at them. But that's not the style. You're not addressing. You two are talking to each other. Uh, it's fun maybe if you check it out, but I think it's just, it's perfectly yeah, fine I'm, when you look I'm at each other. I'm chilling with my homegirl. I, I, we, I think that's, I think that's the, the more fun thing. So. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody can get offended, but you know what? Just get your own podcast and invite Sean yeah, to come on. Yeah. Chris at midcoast.media. We can get you set up. Thanks. Yeah. That's, that's the fuck I do. I ignore people. <laughs> so uh, anyway, that's what we were talking about. So, so. Um, but nah, like I was essential. So I, I am essential. So you go to work with a mask on behind seventeen levels of security. Do this mundane job now. Mm -hmm. They used to be fun or halfway interesting, right? Um, go home, lock yourself in the house, get up, and do the same thing again. Yeah. And there is no outlet. Right. Like, there's no movies. There's, exactly. Like, there's no dating. There's no anything because mm -hmm. everybody's scared. Like, nah, bitch, you can't come over because I got asthma. You know, like, I don't want to get sick. Like, yeah. so there's nothing. And it even took away things to look forward to. So even to say, okay, I'm going somewhere uh, in June. June, I'm on not even a big trip. In June, I'm going to just uh, shoot to Chicago for a weekend. Right. That's gone. Right. Like, that's gone. Even a small getaway, mm -hmm. let alone the big trips. 2020 was supposed to be my year. 
particularly in comedy. Yeah. In my mind, 2020 was my year. Yeah. Um, gone. Yeah. Gone. Mm-hmm. Like right before, right before COVID hit, I recorded a little promo video um, at, uh, at Rafe's show. Yeah. Um, had a guy come out, hired a, uh, hired a uh, guy with camera to come out, edit it and everything. And I'm like, it's my year. Because I looked at one of my friends in comedy um, and he had a monster year in 19. Monster year. And I was like, again, and this is more on a more positive note. Yeah. If he can do it, I, I can, can do, do it. it. Mm-hmm. But not in turn, like, yeah. it, oh, I on a positive it. note. Like, in a positive way. Hey, that, yeah. That's driving me now. Yes. So 2020 was my year. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I was on a roll. Like, I was out of town every other weekend. Like, I was getting work. I was getting better. Yeah. And it stopped. Yep. I what that the feeling. fuck? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, yeah. Like, it, like, I hit a... Like, I think there... I think... I think there's a rock bottom for me in 2020 at some point. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I agree. And any story that has the words rock bottom, like, yo... Mm-hmm. So, oh yeah, it's just like I I felt for me and like obviously I I feel the same way that you did because I was like you feel you feel like everything gets taken away from you right yeah. like you're like and that's what I was explaining to um, my parents actually I was like I feel like I just don't have an outlet for things anymore because I was yeah. writing a screenplay as well I was gonna plan a fundraiser for Casually Molly my merch had just come in and then I had it's just like you. In March, I had a show every weekend, and it was crazy. I was like, how is this happening? Like, um, I mean, I was obviously, like, super excited about it, but I just, why I say that is just each, what was kind of depressing and about it was that each week, because we weren't sure about the coronavirus, right? right? Like, it wasn't, at first, it was kind of downplayed, like, it was only in certain places, uh-huh. people had it under control, and then I remember there was one night, Jimmy and I went out to the Grove, and it was because I was supposed to have a show in the Grove that got canceled, obviously. And I remember we woke up the next day and the news was like, everything is shutting down, only up to 50 people. And then in the next week, it was like lockdown, mm-hmm. everybody. And, you know, there's like, obviously, I mean, you you know, there's been a bunch of politics and everybody's hitting heads about, do we lock down? Do we wear a mask? Like, what is, and I, you know, you just, you just kind of fall into this pit of sitting in front of your social media, looking at everybody's opinions. And it's just, I, it's, it just got, you, I almost was like, did I take comedy for granted? Which I, I don't think I did, but at the same time, you're like, did I? I don't know. And so that, I, that's how I felt. It was so much, a, it was a bigger part of my life than I thought. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I mean, it meant more to me than I thought. Yeah. Um, not to sound like hokey, but even like spiritual, like seriously, without it and without having something or having that thing to do or that thing to focus on, like, hell, I mean, at least, in theory, at least you could write. Yeah. I wasn't even writing. Yeah. I wasn't even creating. Like, I'd have an idea and a premise might pop in my head that I'd, you know, I'd write down or I'd throw it in my phone, like, mm-hmm. hey, remember this, but I wasn't building anything. I wasn't, like... Because there's I, nowhere to build it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I would, like, I would literally walk in, take off my shoes, drop my bags off at the door, <sighs> you know, 
Because you're so tired because you and I, before we started recording, we're talking about, we have both been essential, obviously, this whole time. And like with being essential almost comes, you have like a skeleton crew of uh-huh. people. So that energy that you used to have for the arts, you're like so exhausted by uh-huh. the time you get home that, and I like, I've cried about it, which I mean, no one's surprised by that, but I like me crying what? But like, yeah. I, uh, I've definitely cried about that because I feel in a weird way, like I failed myself, which just sounds so silly because everybody's going through the pandemic. So there's a lot of people that are feeling the same way that I am. But when you and I are people who are usually like pretty determined, doing stuff, being active, and that's just like, poof, you're just like, yeah. I mean, but Mm -hmm. think about it. You're going to work the part that, I mean, I guess is being addressed by some, I mean, because, you know, stimulus money and stuff is going sure. out but like you if you are essential uh your customers are frustrated and upset they're taking it out on you management is probably frustrated and upset they're taking it out on you your co-workers are frustrated and upset you feel that pressure so you got all this negativity coming on you right. all day mm-hmm. all day mm-hmm. you know what i mean so like work is harder it's, it's straight up harder. Yeah. And I mean, people don't talk about that part, but that's a real, it's a real thing. Yeah, it is. It'll be interesting to see what, uh, you know, on the other side of this shit, 10 years down the line, what mental health studies say about the after effects of COVID-19. Oh, yeah. Um, it'll be, that'll be interesting to say, to see what kids, what the after effects of a kids that they grew up in this or that's what's crazy like you know like i feel for moms right now that are having like babies during covid and like it's like you know i have a lot of friends who are moms and single moms who are you know and like even single dads just like raising kids and it's it's hard to i bet you it's so hard to be like telling your kid like oh sorry we can't go on this play date or like we can't go do this because you know and i know things are opening up to now but i guess like i'm not a parent so i don't I don't know. Like, that's the thing. Like, I, I talk to my friends. And I'm like, what do you do when things are opening up? Do you have your kid mm-hmm. wear a mask? Like, and I have I have some parents who are like, yes, 100%. We wear masks wherever we go. Mm-hmm. And then I have some people who are a little bit more relaxed. So I, I don't know. It's, a, it's just a, I guess it's just like a weird, very weird time. It is. <laughs> and I'm not in a position where I could be risky with my kids. Yeah. Like, I have to be extra How cautious. old are your kids? Uh, I have a 10-year-old and an 11-year-old. Uh, Wait, 11-year-old and 12-year-old. Yeah. See what I'm saying? See, See what I'm saying? but See? no, uh, yeah. Fuck 2020. Oh. Um. <laughs> right. <laughs> that is going to be the theme. I think I should just be like casually fuck 2020. Yeah, I had a really like good philosophical title for this, but yeah. you know what? Fuck it. Fuck 2020. Fuck 2020. <laughs> um, but no, we have to be extra cautious and I feel bad for him because like, like straight, you can't go to the pool or you like, like I feel bad for right. him. Like, yeah, I want to tell him like, hey, Go outside. Get out of my house. Go. Yeah. Go play. Right. I can't even tell them that. Mm-hmm. And this, I feel bad. Like, right. Right. Like, damn. Like, I can't even let my kids be like, where you went from complaining that kids wouldn't be kids and all they want to do is sit on the phone or the computer or the, the, the video game. No, they can't. And yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's. So weird. But I, I guess what my question, because okay. I always ask everybody that comes on, like, where do you kind of see, you know, like I said, we do have clubs opening up. We were talking about that earlier. Where do you kind of see live comedy going at this time? It'll uh, it'll slowly bounce back. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the 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 genre itself will never die. Yeah, it'll. Uh, it was at such a boom in 2019. Wasn't it? Yeah. It was at such a boom with you know Netflix specials, and then you had these huge, huge acts. You've got the um, you know. Um, uh, well, I'm not even going to start naming people, but you got people who are doing it on a stage larger than yeah, larger you've than ever life. seen before. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then you've got all these new people thinking, I can do it, right? Um, 50 people signing up for open mics, you know what I mean? So, oh my God, isn't that um, nuts when the list is like 50 people? Yeah. And you're like, damn, yeah. okay. And we got to narrow this down to 13. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, if you take, I mean, you step away for two or three weeks and you come back and it's like a whole new crop of people you've right. never seen before. Like, what the fuck are these people? <laughs> Not who the fuck is this guy, but who are these, who are these people? Um, so it was at such a boom before that this like halt it it'll be funny to see how it comes back but mm-hmm. it'll never die yeah it'll never die it'll be funny to see those who it'll be interesting to see those who stick with it um but it'll never die it'll be back i like that it'll i i kind of feel the same way like you can definitely feel dire sometimes as you're like, what's it? But I agree with you. I feel like comedy is one of those forms that people will never not want, you know? Like, I feel like, because especially with, I think streaming services, as much as you want live comedy, right? And I prefer being live in an audience. Yeah, of course. Because that's what it's meant to be. It's just like live theater. Like you're supposed to be, you know, there in the audience, but it doesn't- Would you rather have real sex or video sex? Right, (laughs) right. I'd rather have real, in case anybody was, you know, <laughs> concerned. But uh, I think Sean Don's yeah. in agreement. <laughs> I uh, I know this is the tell-all of yeah, Molly Ambergie. <laughs> look, listen, it would have been uh, it would have been different or weird if you'd have said you'd rather have video. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like that's the thing. Like, um, <laughs> this is like totally nothing to do with comedy. But speaking of video sex, somebody was like do you watch like a ton of porn? And I was like, I don't know. I just like prefer it in person. So that's just my opinion. Now I do. <laughs> but I think everybody does. Now I do. Now I do, right. <laughs> We've been just, you know, hey. Oh, there we go. Cheers. <laughs> oh my this gosh. Is, uh, this is different. That's Remy. Uh, so this is, oh, that's so cognac. this is Remy. Okay. That's cognac, yeah. I actually had that in a... Uh, I had that in my trunk, so. Oh, so uh, thank you to Sean Don's trunk. Yeah, <laughs> I'm that guy. Oh, I'm, I love I'm, that. I'm that. I have a yoga mat in my trunk. Your trunk sounds so much more fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of fun things, though, have you ever done a show that has, I mean, I'm sure you have. That was not, that was very poorly worded. But have you ever had, or Oh my God, I haven't even had that much to drink and I can't even do my words properly. <laughs> Fuck 2020. Fuck so. 2020. <laughs> Don't remember a day, what is it? Can't do my words. Is there a show that you felt like you just really excelled at or you worked with a headliner that you really liked or was there just one that just stands out in your mind? Um, one show? Um... I always, one show, there was a few shows um, at Hey Guys. Okay. Um, I never got to experience Hey Guys because yeah. I think they closed when I started doing comedy here in St. Louis. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like doing Hey Guys. It was um, kind of an easy, not, 
it was easy f for me because the demographics of the room and they kind of weren't used to getting they were they were in a bubble in them the in and of themselves right okay. um and again this is no knock i'm just talking just yeah how i see it um but they existed in a bubble and hey guys was their outlet for live comedy they didn't want to come all the way to st louis for the funny bone or for helium so they got their live comedy there and um me myself obviously you see what i look like you see who i am um but i try to be very universal in my comedy sure so even though you know i'm black and i don't hide from black shit you can call me an urban comic if you want whatever but i try to talk about stuff that everybody has been through now it has a of course it's coming from the eyes of a black man and i'm not gonna hide that um but i'll talk about divorce i'll talk about raising kids i'll talk about dating i'll talk about weird shit right but shit that it weird shit that everybody goes through so they you get a crowd or a group of people who don't see a lot of black comedians live but it's palpable for them right it's relatable but mm -hmm. different i used to i used to love doing hey guys okay i used to love doing hey guys um whereas some uh someone who may be a little bit harder or a little bit more um a little bit blacker right um they might have they might have alienated some of those some of those people in the crowd mm -hmm. which it wasn't a hard crowd at all um but i think my i think for some reason i got over well with them yeah um even when i did talk about hard shit because i talk about racism a lot mm -hmm. a lot you know what i mean but for some reason it resonated with them when i said some of the some of the crazy stuff i said nice. so i like working at hey guys um Damn shame it closed. I know. I was about to say, I'm sorry it closed. Yeah, I wish I closed. experienced this. Yeah. 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 Um, I like that, but I like that club. I, you know what's so interesting? I feel like, not that it's exactly the same thing, but when the Laugh Lounge was open, that was one of the first clubs that I went to. Mm -hmm. And Marquise Moore was on this podcast. And he was one of the first people I met when I was there. And I mean, like, let's be honest. I know what I look like, okay? Like, yeah. I look like a basic bitch. And I, that's like, exactly. it's true, though. I, I, I know it. And I, I will say, when I was younger, I didn't. I was not very cute <laughs> at all. I was pretty Stop ugly. It. I'm not going to lie. Stop I had it. braces. Stop Why it. I say that, though, is that, you know, you know, the typical ugly duckling story, right? But, um why I say that is uh, Marquise was like, are you sure you want to do this? Like in his whole, you know, he was so funny. And I was like, Marquise, just like, let me see. Let me see what I can do. And I remember uh, I went up and I was, again, I was so nervous because I was like, oh my gosh, like, am I going to be accepted? Like, I probably look like super privileged. I probably don't really look relatable. And that was one of my worries when I first started doing comedy. I was like, am I going to even relate to people but there was just something where i was like this really means a lot to me and i, I at least want to try it and i remember that was one of my even though it was my first like one of my first few sets in comedy mm -hmm. it was like my favorite room i had the best time and it just kind of shows that you know if you can just relate to people just on a common ground and a level like you can't be afraid of that you just got to go in there because there's so much unity that can really happen through comedy right yes mm -hmm. it sucks that more white comics did not do that room, particularly on weekends. Mm -hmm. It sucks that more white comics did not go and work that black room. 
it sucks. I'm gonna say hard language. I'm not gonna say diversity and all them soft ass languages. Fuck that. It sucks that more white comics do not go and work black rooms. I'm looking you in your face. Go work black rooms. Black comics, go work white rooms. It makes you better. One of the dopest comics in the country right now is Bill Burr. And Bill Burr does not, <laughs> he does not compromise who the fuck he is. And he could go in any room in America and murder that bitch. Mm -hmm. Because he went in black rooms and he died until he killed. I agree. Right? Yes. And, and when I talk about working, uh, loving to work, hey guys, I didn't go in there because I was pandering. I didn't do well because I was pandering. Sure. I didn't. Like, I didn't, I didn't, like, hold, I, I don't step and fetch it for no fucking body. I'm gonna be me. Yes. You know what I mean? It's but, more genuine, too, when you Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm yeah. not gonna ease back on the pedal for nobody. I'm the same person no matter what room I'm in. It just so happens that I was okay in that room, mm -hmm. but it disappoints me that more, I don't see more comics that don't look like me in black rooms. Like, it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. it's, it's ridiculous. I can name in St. Louis, uh, since I've started, I won't use up both my hands if I count the number of white comics that consistently and regularly worked black rooms and the ones who regularly worked regularly killed. I agree. And that's just because they did them. Like, go in there and be yourself. You be all right. If you're funny, you're funny. Yeah. Like, right, though? Like, especially, I feel, it's just like with theater. When we, even when we're acting in a character, right? That's what I, when I was before COVID, when I was directing shows, yeah. that's what I would tell the actor. I was like, you kind of have to put that genuine personality in, right? Mm -hmm. Like, obviously this character isn't you, or like if you're a murderer or something in it, you're not, right? I'm not saying that, but right. the best actors are the one that just put their best foot forward and just are themselves the whole time trying to embrace that character. And yeah. I feel like live comedy, even though it's not exactly the same, it's still a performance. Yeah. So as long as like you're selling it, and you're talking to people and you're making people feel like I see you, we're in this together. Let's let's rock and roll. Let's yeah. make this happen. You're not gonna have a problem. And that just goes with interpersonal and also just like friendships and life, you know? I don't know. I just I <laughs> I know this is gonna sound like really weird, but I feel like when I first started doing comedy, it gave me that confidence again. Not that I wasn't ever social, but it, it made me feel like I could, like I said, go and talk to people and relate to people yeah. and not be as scared, which I think is a good outlet. Yeah. We're talking about outlets and stuff. Yeah. So. Go, mm -hmm. I mean, man, go do that shit. Go, go do it. Like, this is what we do, right? This mm -hmm. is, that's, that's the job. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to be able to go out there and make people laugh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Speaking of laughter, was there, sometimes we talk to comedians and they have like a funny story about maybe where something went wrong <laughs> during a show. Do you ever have that or is everything just stellar for you? Or were you, yeah. did you ever an audience member that was just silly and excited or something happened to you? <laughs> um, so, okay. Do you want the, uh, <laughs> oh, let's see. Like, do you want the, uh, <laughs> Cause I got the I got the the one with the happy ending and the one with the, the one I learned from. Okay. So, which one do you want? I mean, whichever one you think suits this podcast or both. Right. <laughs> um, 
He said both. I'll, I'll go through both briefly. Okay. How much time we got? We got like about eight more minutes. So. Right. Damn, it went quick. I told you, it goes very quickly. <laughs> I only pulled up once. Uh, okay, first one. Um, remember when I talked about being early in, in uh, comedy and uh, going to Funny Bone, doing well and uh, you know, kind of riding a wave and thinking I'm good. So I had done a string of shows, but this was still within my first year or two. And I'm thinking at this point, I'm doing shows and I'm getting consistently decent laughs. I'm good. You're like, yeah, I'm you're good. in the, you're in your flow. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm not in my flow. I'm oh. good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fuck that. I'm good. <laughs> you're number two. I'm good. Uh, and I did a show at, um, uh, it was a competition. Princeton Do and Maurice G uh, did a competition, and this was in front of the most people I've ever performed in front of, and uh, I did not read that crowd at all, at all. Uh, and I went up there, and I, I died a death. I, I died a death. And I had, like, my friends came in town from, from Arkansas. And, oh, so you had yeah, everybody yeah, there? Man, <laughs> I died a death on that stage um yeah it, it was bad so like one of the things i did because uh i didn't know you know about hecklers or whatever i had never really dealt with a heckler and so some people were talking through my set and they weren't even that distracting like they weren't it was like one little table but it yeah. was up front mm -hmm. i heard them because they're up front they were up front yeah. nobody else was really even paying them any attention yeah i addressed them right and it wasn't even funny. Like, I seriously, like, just like, excuse me, could you please be cool? Some, <laughs> some bullshit, like, it wasn't the part of my show. Like, I broke the show to say, excuse me, I am up here attempting to make this crowd performing. of individuals. Like, oh, oh, I died a death. So after that, they was like, man, who the fuck this dude think he is? <laughs> Boo, man. So it, it wasn't even a... Even beyond the fact that I was like, still, I was like barely okay. Mm -hmm. Then it just got awkward. Right. <laughs> it got awkward. It, awkward ain't funny. Like it wasn't a funny awkward. So it was like. A and you're just like, they're here. I'm here. <laughs> so yeah, man, I'm on stage trying to make people laugh. I got these people here booing me and everybody else in the crowd is like. <laughs> I feel so bad for him. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I died a death up there. Mm -hmm. Um, so I sat, uh, in the back and watched everybody else go up and everybody else did pretty good. So I can't even, like, I can't even say like, oh, the crowd was on some shit last night. Nobody else did. Yeah. No, it was me. Like, it was me. I screwed up. Um, and I had to eat that and own that. And that was when I say I actually did start to get good. Yeah. Like when they say you bomb and you get better from bombing, that's when I started to like learn, like read crowds. Humility, yeah. Humility, right? Mm -hmm. um, like um, a lot of the people were going up and they were doing a lot of freestyling and playing with the crowd and, and, and kind of drawing them in by freestyling and talking about topical things. Mm -hmm. I got up there and I went straight into my material. I didn't read them at all. Um, so little, little shit like that. Um, so that's when I started getting actually better, I think. Um, so that was dead. That was I died a death up there. <laughs> um, and then more recently at the uh, Laugh Lounge. Yeah. This was last year. Um, and it was this old lady I was hosting. Uh, and one thing about the Laugh Lounge, which is why, again, why I'm upset that more people didn't go up there. 
you'll be at the Laugh Lounge and um, the owner, you know, it, he, he may be hosting that weekend, but since he owned the place, as you know, you're running a business, you got a million things going on. You got things happening. A million yeah. things. So he'll mm -hmm. come by and he'll be like, hey, uh, yo, I'm, I got so much. Hey, you want to host for me? I just came to watch the show, but... Sure. Hell yeah, <laughs> So I end up just hosting on the Humbug, right. right? So I'm up there, I'm hosting, I'm doing my shit, having fun, and it was this old woman, older, older woman up front, and she we starts... Yeah, it was an older woman. Yeah. Uh, but she starts flirting with me, like... Oh. Yeah. So I start playing off of that, and instead, I didn't do any material. I ended yeah. up not doing any material. I just stood there for like 10, 15 minutes of banter with her and the crowd was dying. Mm -hmm. Like they were loving it. I love that. And I, I didn't get to do any material. It was just me and her playing. Um, and and that, was, that was fun. Like that, I, I can say that was one of the times that just unexpectedly didn't plan on going on stage. Um, you know, I have kind of a set in the back of my mind for any given time or had. Yeah. When, you, when you practice, <laughs> when you practice and you get to regularly go on stage, fuck 2020, you have kind of a set in your head. God. Fuck um, 2020. Fuck 2020. <laughs> but um, no, I didn't get to go through any of that. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It was like, hey, how you doing? How you doing? And then it's just off to the races there. Yeah. I'd say something. She'd say something. I'd say something. She'd say something. And we just... It was perfect. Isn't that the, see, so that actually, it's so funny you brought that up because that just happened to me over at Backdoor like two weeks ago, this lady came in and she brought, it was on her bucket list. So she was, she called herself an older woman as well. I was like, we're going to mm -hmm. say seasoned because I think that sounds fancier. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, okay, I'll take it. But yeah, she brought a whole crowd of people. So she's pretty connected for somebody and she I even said to her I was like you should keep doing this and she's like oh it's just a bucket list thing so I mean age is just a number I mean oh, you yeah. if you want to try it do you it. can do it I, I was in my 30s when I started see there you go so I, tr yeah, I was trust 30, me I was 30 when I started um same, similar thing happened um yeah Chris Chris's show uh Chris does a show at a barbecue joint oh he does and, uh, See, Chris, we, we still remember you were yeah, here. Just he, he does, uh, throwing that out. <laughs> and, uh, the barbecue, at the barbecue joint, and uh, this particular night, it was like a whole table in the middle. They did not come for a show. They came for a family dinner. The food. Yeah. And they weren't paying the comics no attention. Like, there were comics that were going up there that were, they were, the comics were funny as shit. Yeah. But the family wasn't paying. They're like, like, we're here to eat. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. It's not even that they were, like, they just were talking to each other yeah. and stuff like that. So I started talking to the family. Mm -hmm. Again, I probably, out of a 10-minute set, I probably did three minutes of material. Yes. It was one dude, I called him, like, uh, Jesus Chuck Norris or something like that. Because he looked, he had, like, long hair and a beard, but he looked like he did karate. And I, I just kept fucking with Chuck Norris Jesus. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> but just playing with, you know what I'm saying? Playing with the family, like. You know who did that really well? Um, ben Bailey, the guy who's the host of Cash Cab, he mm -hmm. came to the Funny Bone. And I, so I, side note, it was like a personal thing for me because my dad and I grew up watching Cash Cab together. Okay. So when I saw that Ben Bailey was coming to the Funny Bone, I was like, oh my God, I have to go. And like, unfortunately, my dad lives in Cincinnati and he's older and can't travel the way he used to. So I was like, well, I'm, I'm going to go and like, support the Ambergy tradition. Obviously, yeah. we're not going to play Cash Cab at the Funny Bone. But the set that he did that night was so funny because this lady 
was just in the front and she's like fanning herself and she just keeps like she just starts talking again and it wasn't that she was like obnoxious or weird like Mm -hmm. it you know it's just like one of those moments during a show and the best part was it was like some laminated photo of kids and so she goes here you can have it and he goes i'm just holding a laminated photo of two random kids i don't know like what's happening and the whole crowd is just dying yeah, that's, that's sometimes that's the best shit. it was like and he just goes i'm not even doing any material right that's now the best shit. and it was but you know like that's crowd work like there are comedians who just do a whole show of just crowd work and I have to give it to them. Like, I could not do, I mean, I, I couldn't, I'm, I'm a write, I like to write things and have a sequence, but I got to give it to comedians who were able to just rock an audience. And I mean, the only thing I did at Backdoor was this, uh, like the couple in the front, the ones that the lady brought, they were, had a whole table and he started talking during my set. And I was like, oh yeah, like getting your wife involved or something. And he's like, that's my sister. And they were from Troy. Funny. So I was like, oh, is that what we do in Troy? <laughs> like there's the, nice. you know, but nice. it, and again, I didn't have any, I mean, it was fine. And then I went into like my family and stuff, but it was, yeah. When Ben Bailey, that made such an impact on me. I just was like, way to just save the moment. Cause yeah. you're kind of like, where is this yeah. going to go? But he, Sometimes that's like the master class. That's when, you know what I'm saying? That's when you mm-hmm. got the long white beard and, and <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's, yes. that's, that's, that's next level. That's the last, that's the last piece that I'm adding. Yeah. Right. Cause even my, typically my crowd work, mm-hmm. probably shouldn't say this, but fuck it. Um, <laughs> fuck 2020. No, but I get in. I'll, I'll like I'll get in. I'll address it. Then I'll move on. Like totally. I'm not going to stay there too long. Oh, I agree. Right? I, that's that's me too. Um, so I get that. But then I've had some of my most fun times. Like I said, the couple times I re- like being able to just keep volleying off of it. When in the past I'll address it and it'll be I'll do okay. You know what I mean? I'll yeah. I'll be able to address it and bod and weave. But then I'll move on. Totally. Right? And even when you move on, you just go ahead and ignore it. Like, yeah. okay, folks, now. We're good. Yeah, Moving on to the side of the right. room now. <laughs> yeah, your part of the show is over now. You know what I'm saying? Or whatever, whatever. And then move on. Exactly. Um, so that's why, I guess, why I was so I fucking proud of myself. Yeah. yeah. Proud of myself for being able to kind of maintain And it's great when the audience starts on your side too, right? Like, they're like, yeah, I love this. (laughs) This is great. I don't like being a mean comic either. So I don't like, I don't like putting people, I like, I would rather make you a part of the show than go at you. So, you know, I'm happy about that. I was was happy with that. Oh my God. I was going to ask you about like advice, but that is probably the best like advice that you could give. Is there anything else though you want to, you want to add to that for anybody who's interested in, you know, one, I know it's like a weird question to ask because we are in such a, you know, very like weird times as all the memes are saying it and calling yeah. it. But uh, is there anything you would add to somebody who probably like is watching this and going, oh, you know, I like this Sean Don guy and he sounds, you know, interesting and everything. Like what, what advice would you give them? For comedy? Mm-hmm. Um, two things. Um, First thing is, both of them actually I got from Sean Arandando. Shout out to <gasps> Sean Arandando. I love Sean. Yeah, yes. Oh, yeah. I love him. That was, that's the, the first I would call mentor. 
I met I, him at, again at Backdoor and the Funny Bone when yeah. he came back in town, and now we're besties. Yeah. Shout out to Sean. Love yeah. him. That's, <laughs> that's the first person to like kind of pull me to the side, like, hey, you're funny. You got something. Mm -hmm. Do this, do that. Don't do this, don't do He's the first person to like pull me to the side and kind of kick some game to me. Mm -hmm. um, have fun. If you're not having fun, they're not going to have fun. Um, and slow down and let the jokes breathe. Let the laughs breathe. That was that was something I needed to learn when I first started doing comedy. Yeah, yeah those two things. Have fun <laughs> and let the... Uh, have fun and slow down. Those two things. I like that. Have yeah. fun and slow down. So I feel like that's going to be my whole life motto, though. I'm yeah. like, I got to have fun and slow down. I yeah. feel... Well, it also comes from... I've been pretty like independent my whole life. Like I've always worked. I've always had to work. I, I don't know. I feel like it's always been in survival mode. So sometimes like, I think it's another thing with comedy. It's taught me to kind of just be like, enjoy the moment. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know, be, be a part of it. Yeah. It, it was co-signed too. Have you ever heard of Arvin Mitchell? Yeah. yeah. Arvin Mitchell's a beast. Yeah. He's an animal. And mm -hmm. he pulled me to the side one, one time and he was like, he was like, man, uh, Picture you're not doing comedy. He said, picture you having a house party and you standing in front of your fireplace yeah. and everybody's just sitting on your couch and you're just telling them about some funny shit. He's like, you're just sitting there. He's like, you got a sweater on in front of your fireplace at Christmas and you're just telling everybody a funny story. Relax. Yes. And that kind of, that fits in with... What a great comparison. So, and I watched him go up there and do exactly... When he went up there and did his set, that's exactly what the it felt like. It was a fireplace behind Arvin Mitchell, and he had on a sweater, and we was all at his crib, and he was hosting a Christmas party. Can that's, I make you laugh for a second? That's good ass. <laughs> so, speaking of this comparison, I actually did a show. wasn't in somebody's house, but I did do something in front of a fireplace, and it's exactly like how you're talking about. It was a uh, shout out Amber Clear. She did a show in Effingham. Yeah. And so it was like a Halloween show. And it was funny because it was in this brewery and in the back room, they had this fancy fireplace. So we just had to like perform in front of it. And I yeah. swear to God, he's totally right. I felt like I was in my house, just like having a story. And it was one of the, and I was in a Lucille Ball costume because we were all dressed up for Halloween. But I felt like I was, that is so crazy. Go Arvin. I felt the same way. You just reminded me of that. I got to remember these things when they happen in the present. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, helped, it helped me relax. You know what I mean? Help me yes. relax. And, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for, I, re, I personally really enjoyed this moment and I'm glad I've asked you, I will. So I told Sean Donna, I was like, I've asked him a couple of times to come on and I'm so glad third time's the charm. Hey. We got you in. So cheers. Thank you. I know you've been super busy, so I appreciate you uh, putting me in. Don't, <laughs> Cause do, he's that. Like, Don't no. do that. Don't do that. <laughs> I'm not that important. I'm not that busy. I'm not that cool. Oh, well, you're cool to me, man. I appreciate yeah. it. You're my homie, and I like it. It's, yes. Yes. This was fun. Yes, was fun. it was. And we, again, we remembered that Chris Denman was in the back. I just want to make sure that that's reiterated, because I know we got a lot of comments about that last time. So, <laughs> Always but, uh, exciting. We love you. Yeah, Chris is, Chris is the dude. Chris is the Chris. dude. It's a good thing. I, I What's actually kind of cute is... Uh, I mean, obviously, Chris and I have a good friendship, but what's great is, like, every time I do a podcast episode, Chris doesn't know this, but he's going to know this now, is we'll go outside, or you said it on the mic, but everybody's like, Chris is just such a good dude. And I'm like, 
He is. He's a, he is a good dude. <laughs> I, I got nothing bad to say about Chris. And if anybody else does, they lie. Well, we're just going to talk about all the bad things about Chris <laughs> after this podcast Perfect. episode. Thanks, is thanks over. everybody. Thank you. Because <laughs> we, uh, we are conveniently located up the street from him. But um, anyway, inside joke. Um, Shandon, where can we find you on social media and whatnot to follow um, all of your shit? Yes. Uh, Facebook, Shandon Comedian. Uh, um, space them out. And on <laughs> Instagram, Shandon Comedian, one word. Uh, Twitter, Comedian Sean, right? Yes. Uh, S-H-O-N. That's S-H-O-N-D-O-N. Yes. Um, I don't use my government name because I was hoping background searches don't find me. Um, when jobs are looking to see if I talk that shit on social media, because I do. Yeah, that's so, fair. My professional life and my comedy life are two different things. Uh, but Sean Don, S-H-O-N-D-O-N, comedian um, on most platforms. Um, yeah, follow me, uh, friend me, sign up, like, <laughs> all of that. Same thing on YouTube. I got a couple of videos out there. Um, I got a couple of skits recorded. Oh, really? Need, yeah, they just need to be uh, cut and edited and all of that good stuff. Um, so hopefully I'll, I'll find somebody who knows what they're doing <clears throat> to cut and edit. Um, Chris at Midcoast.media, thank you. <laughs> yeah. See, Chris, we're just getting job opportunities by the minute. That's right, that's right. <laughs> it's all good. So, um, we may need a haircut, but man, are we employed. <laughs> Let me tell you what. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. That's right. I like uh, it. Hey, support. Support your friends. Support my folks. Support, support, support. I like um, it. Especially in this time, man. We need to, to hold each other down instead of uh, splitting each other apart. I agree. We we definitely need unity for sure, which is what I always hope in this podcast. I always try to end it on a good note, so I appreciate that. Uh, just remember, uh, you can always casually subscribe to the podcast. We are available on all streaming services, audio, as well on YouTube and our Facebook page. We put all of the episodes and clips up now that we're filming it, which is super exciting. And then, of course, if you just want to follow me. You can, uh, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram as well, but I appreciate your time and everybody else have a great rest of uh, your day or your night, depending on when you're watching this. <laughs>